Welcome to Design This Beyond the Die Line. I'm here with William Reed, a full service creative design and web development agency who's normalizing the cannabis industry with beautiful design and professionally built web solutions. Let's welcome William. William, thanks for being on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. How's it going? I need to know how, how it's going for you, though, Mikey. I know this is a whole new podcast. How you doing? Are you settling <laughs> in? Are you OK? We're just at yeah. volume levels. We're doing this. Our lighting's here. It's there. You OK? Yeah. yeah, everything is good. Everything is good. Honestly, I've been I've been really enjoying all of the conversations that we've been having through design this um, good on the pocket. We've been talking about cannabis, crypto, um, entrepreneurship, so many all the sexy different, things, different hot. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> it's, right all, and it it's all good stuff, especially <laughs> in fast moving industries like cannabis and and crypto. What brought so, you to the podcast? Um, in the or just like, like podcasting? Not, not so much. It was, it was more um, just like the message of uh, uplifting and premiumizing the perception of cannabis and, and crypto in general. Just talking about some of the things that we look out for, especially um, with with branding, because I feel like that's our our opportunity to be, to be able to change the face and change the perception of how people feel about mm -hmm. like cannabis products or even the crypto industry. Mm -hmm. through um through our, how our brands are perceived right? absolutely so, um so i think like that's it's just one area that that i work in quite a bit and just wanted to share more and shed some more light um bringing on like professionals that are really good at what they do and doing it the right way um in both of these industries because in both industries there's a lot of bad bad players and yeah. um and just a lot of confusion misunderstanding and a lot of like the bad news about um cannabis or crypto is spread way way faster than any of the good news and yeah so um just having a lot of good conversation with yeah, i think uh, it's important i'm glad you're doing yeah. it thank i'm trying you. to do thank the same you. thing like the the normalization side of it is the is really you know normalization through education and mm -hmm. then coupled with you know creative it, uh is tantamount to uh you know the destigmatization of this thing that's been stigmatized for so long and is now like, mm -hmm. you know, one of the leading industries in this nation, despite being federally illegal. So yeah, yeah man, the normalization route is it's, it's important. There's still a lot of people who got fucked up with the war on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and they think, you know, they think yeah. this is a drug. So, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it takes time. So a lot of, uh, a lot of what we talk about when we say like think beyond the die line, we're really saying just think beyond the the obvious or think beyond, you know, just like the packaging and think more into the story and the experience around um, like whatever it is, whatever your product or your brand um, yeah, 100%. Just, and, and how people are perceiving it. Yeah, so, 100 um, percent. But you already know all of that, you know, given your experience. I don't know all that, but I mean, I think it's <laughs> it's it is like probably uh it's the mission you know the mission of my company is of of canna planners um is normalizing the cannabis industry through you know beautiful design and professional digital marketing services it's you know it's the thing we do plus the goal of why we do it mm -hmm. absolutely and what what's been your experience so far and like what's the biggest impact that you think you've made uh <laughs> um 
Let me think. Well, my experience so far has been mostly a journey of entrepreneurship. Like, mm. um, I also have a podcast. It's called Common Sense Amia, and I, you know, I, I have similar conversations where we don't specifically talk about design. Um, although we do talk about it, but we talk about kind of the struggles of, of being an entrepreneur. And that has been, you know, that more than the cannabis side of it has been um, way more impactful on my life. I, so I, I yeah. did an interview with a client of mine, excuse me, Tito, <clears throat> excuse me, Tito Byrne, who owns uh, a place called the Byrne Gallery here in Burlington, Vermont, where our, our offices are. Uh, it's a super classy head shop. Um, they're about to, uh, convert there and it's been, it's been there, you know, it's a downtown like spot and it's been in Burlington for, I don't know, like 20 years or something. It's been around for a while. Um, they're about to convert over Vermont. Uh, the, uh, adult use market kicks over like in two weeks. Um, so they're, this, this company is converting over to that as well. But regardless, I interviewed him a, a, a year or two ago and, you know, he had this interesting point about not, you know, you you grow up being told like, do what you love, do what you love. And he's mm. like, that's bullshit. You don't do what you love. You do what you're good at. And if you're lucky, you can incorporate what you love. And that yeah. was such like, it was such like a kind of sl like such a good perspective. Um, and it kind of shook me out of like some of the, uh, you know, just uh, idyllicness of being a cannabis entrepreneur, mm. um, which is I'm changing the world. And like, maybe, but you know, really what I'm doing is like what I knew how to do. And I'm, I, you know, focused it in this industry. And luckily, yeah. luckily for us, we're on this, you know, rock spinning in the universe at this super cool time and place where um, we're able to witness and be a part of a, a whole new industry, which, you know, hasn't really happened maybe since crypto, but like, you know, pro really since the, the dawn of the internet, um, so when we see the, when we're at these like industrial ages, which I, I would definitely classify cannabis as, um, it's special, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it, it's why, it's why the idiom strike while the iron's hot exists. Like we're in it, we're striking. Yeah. So I don't know. I think the entrepreneur thing is like been the, ha had the biggest impact on me. Um, especially since they're in a lot of ways, um, you know, I, I can operate like a, you know, quote, normal entrepreneur. And in other ways, I have to really like help my clients who are actual plant touching companies uh, in, in not being able to operate like a air quote, normal business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned something, something good there about like doing what you're good at. And I think in order to do that, you have to ask yourself, like, what's the most meaningful way that you can contribute? Yep. Right. And so, um, like, is that often a question that you ask your clients when it comes to developing their brand or like what, what are some of the, the biggest things to, to look at? Yeah. So, so truth be told, I'm years past the point where like, I'm actually like knee deep in, in the creative work. My day to day now is more like the CEO's side of things where like, I'm figuring out health insurance for the company or like, I'm, you know, <laughs> filing tax, like all that stuff that like I probably dreaded doing <laughs> like for years. I'm now, I love doing yeah, the, the it means like, is part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, totally. But what it means is like, I have the other shit kind of taken care of, right? Like, so mm -hmm. the customer service client facing, like the team I have behind me, 
a, a lot of them, you know, my creative director who is, who really should be on this podcast, my creative director, I've known for like 22 years, you know, like we've been, we were in a band together when we were in our twenties, you know, after college and we toured the That's country. Amazing. Um, so, so yeah, like we've got a kind of a gang here. It's like the creative Island of misfit toys gang of like, you know, digital marketers and creative people who didn't quite fit into like the mainstream world. Like not everybody in this company smokes weed, you know, like I would yeah. say, in fact, most people in this company, like don't, at least mm -hmm. I do, but not, you know what I mean? So yeah. th there's, there's, there was a reason they fit here. It's like, mm. we're, we're, you know, professional rock and rollers. Nice. <laughs> So maybe talk about that for a second, because it sounds like you have a really good company culture that, it, you know, it takes time to build and um, is even hard to preserve. So, like, how do you how yeah. do you keep that as you grow? Dude, it's really hard. And it's been something I've been thinking about constantly because we are growing, you know, that I would say like that exact thing is is one of the creative lanes that I can still keep myself in. Like I'm in charge of hiring new people, you know, bringing on new talent. I'm in charge of, you know, really the sales strategy and, and those things. So making sure that our company culture, which I would say we're still such in the infancy of this company that like, I don't even know what that defines. Like I, I could take you on a tour of this office right now. Uh, and it would feel mostly like an apartment building, just, you know, it, it's, couches and chairs and <laughs> little college refrigerators as opposed to like rows of desks right now. And that's, yeah. I think that was like my thought on the culture is like, I, you know, in the, in a time where people don't, you know, it's, it's basically a social requirement for, for companies to offer uh, remote positions. Mm -hmm. So like in a, in that, you know, post COVID or whatever, if we're still, I don't even know, like post you know, pandemic, um, when all the companies went remote, like that's sort of like, you have to do that now. So it's important to me to at least create an atmosphere that's comfortable that, you know, speaks to who we are as individuals. Uh, I have a certain aesthetic, you know, like, uh, so maintaining that, making sure it's like, I don't want this to be a, this is still cannabis. Right. So like, and this mm -hmm. is, we're still a create, like we're a creative company. So I'm I'm trying to avoid stuffiness. I'm trying to avoid drama. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's impossible, but we're doing our best to to avoid uh just you know. Yeah, C culture is for sure important and and we're still figuring it out for sure. Yeah. Well, you as you were speaking about things to avoid, um like I think that's probably good advice for anyone that's that might be listening any uh any people that are asking themselves some of these questions uh, for their own businesses. Like what are what are some of the things that um that they should avoid as they grow their business? Mm. Avoid. Mm -hmm. or as they, as I don't. I can't tell you specific things to avoid, but I will say that your gut is the smartest part of your body. So, like, mm. you know, the fight or flight reflex, it like is way bigger than you know fighting, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it, it boils down to business decisions, logic. Like there's, there's a, there's a strict algorithm that your body plays when it comes to making decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're, you, if you're an intelligent person and you're self-aware that your, your brain and, and gut will tell you exactly what to do. Like at some point, and because this is cannabis and because it's sexy and a lot mm -hmm. of people want in on it. Um, and there is this like, 
long history of a legacy market that's that's now coming into it, mm-hmm. there is a developing business acumen, right? So yeah. it's not quite the same or as let's say mature as anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to learn how to set expectations and all that stuff. But what happens is you you learn to basically see the red flags, right? When mm-hmm. it comes to maybe sales and and because your clients for sure play into your company culture. And I'll I'll tell you what I mean. Like yeah. Yeah. I was one of those entrepreneurs who like thought I I thought I was smarter than my bosses. I you know like before I started my own company, I was kind of that arrogant asshole. Yeah. But <laughs> I was able to back it up. So um, part that's of that. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't I, I mean, the, the jury's still out on that, but, you know, I'm, I'm still in it, but I'm I had the follow through. Um, but you learn quickly, like what those red flags are going to be. And you can just dis- but I was going to say, like the clients you pick to work with will impact your company culture. And I was going to say is like coming out of, you know, a nine to five, I knew that I didn't want to work with clients. I call it shower fighting. Uh, and it's when you're in the shower and you're washing your hair and you're like, fuck that client. Like, Oh, I hate that guy. This is what I should have said to that client or whatever. Like I was like, I'm going to start can of planners. And if any client, if any of my employees are like going through that, fuck them. We're going to ax them. We're going to get rid of that client because that's yeah. affecting the company culture. So going back to your previous question is like, it's a lot more than like what posters I hang on the wall and like what furniture I choose to, you know, like <laughs> put, put in the office. It's, it's also like yeah. who we choose to work with. Um, which is why now we have a sales team that's able to like really take clients through discovery, make sure they know what they're talking about, make sure that they can pay their bills, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds silly, but that's a qualification for a client. You know, they're like, hey, can I pay you next year? No, call us next year. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're in a unique position as a service to the industry. I mean, everyone, all of your clients, they're coming to you for help. Right. Yeah. So um, I guess my question is, like, what's the biggest challenge that you've seen one of your clients overcome? Uh, I mean, COVID, dude. And I don't know, I don't know that it's even overcome, but you know, like, yeah, COVID, COVID was a double-edged sword. It Mm -hmm. killed a lot of companies and it birthed a lot of companies, Mm -hmm. um, recessions, which the, the, you know, the, the aftermath of the quarantine, while it was brief, I'll consider, you know, even during quarantine, um, that recessionary time, uh, people lost their jobs uh, people who maybe had small, cause that was like right after the farm bill, man. So there was like, uh, you know, tons of CBD companies, um, small mom and pop shops or, 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 uh, CPGs, like tons of them that just, they had to close their doors. Um, and really the, the quarantine was kind of, I feel like a, a huge nail in, in that coffin because, you know, they were dealing with a saturated market, um, you know, bust prices like there was a lot of things playing into it but yeah the quarantine i would say was like a a huge thing and even for us like i remember waking up on march 15th (laughs) which is the day they announced the quarantine uh you know or 14th or whatever and being like oh well that this was fun canna planners was cool like this was a this was a fun 
you know, couple of years building this company, but we're screwed. Um, and then really like letting my logical brain kind of play out, play it out and pivot, you know? So, so for us, we just, we pivoted slightly and we were able to offer a, a different product to our clients that was, you know, basically the same thing. Um, but more of a turnkey version of it for our, for our web web products. Um, okay. And luckily like not, not only did it save us, but it's turned into our, one of our biggest products still. Yeah. So like, I would say, yeah, it's not like banking, like banking sucks. Mm. It's not that it's not like, it's just the grind of being a business. Like at this exact time on this planet, it's like, we got hit with like this crazy thing that no, no one, no one alive had ever experienced. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Hey only, world, only stay at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like so weird. So like just trying to, you know, get through that was, was tough. It was, you know, I was, I was all of a sudden a, a, a psychologist in addition, you know, that was a new hat that I was wearing was like client mm. psychologist. <laughs> yeah. That make that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just dishing so, out therapy. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, for some, some of my which, clients, it wasn't which was, okay. Which was, which was true to an extent. It just took time. Right. And then for those that were able to pivot and evolve, uh, it's kind of like you said, like you kind of unearth new opportunities that you might not have otherwise. Well, dude, that's the entrepreneur's journey. I feel like it's like, mm -hmm. like throw a pandemic at me. Like, what yeah. what am I gonna do? Like I have no choice. Like what am I, what am I gonna do? Like I gotta, you know, whatever you're gonna throw at me. Like I know that I have yeah, to you like find a way to survive. You know, yeah, I gotta duck and weave, or else it's over, right? Mm -hmm. And then what am I gonna do? Like get a job? Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. I'm a terrible employee. Man, I I feel you on that one. <laughs> so now that now that we're through the pandemic and. Um, like we've survived we're looking forward to the future and mm -hmm. there's a lot of new things happening new tech um with web3 all the new web3 technology and then all of the progress that's that's happening in cannabis like what do you where do you see the opportunities i mean dude it's still it's still in its infancy like i don't even know <laughs> like right right now i'm fo uh, it, like the focus is on for us it's it's capturing markets as they come online right so mm -hmm. For example, our backyard where our, you know, so, so take it back a step further at the beginning, when I started this company up until like the beginning of pandemic. So that was, you know, like three years or so we were only focused really on, you know, we, we had a couple, uh, adult use clients, maybe like five, but our main focus was CBD. And, um, that changed at the beginning of the pandemic because we knew the, you know, the market was, we, we saw the market tanking. We saw our clients revenue streams, just like going through the, through the basement floor. Mm -hmm. We saw all those things because we were controlling all their, all their websites. So we, you know, we had all this data as to like what the market was doing. Yeah. So we, we, in addition to like our product pivot, we also did a persona pivot. So we figured out, okay, it, we've learned what we can from the CBD um, industry. Like, and we still work with lots of CBD companies. We still take on CBD clients, but our mm -hmm. focus turned to the adult use market. And that took us out of um, 
the American farmland, so to speak, and, and more into a, a national company. We were able to capture way more markets. So to go back to your question, I think like, I don't know what's exciting about the industry yet because like it's still barely an industry nationally speaking, like um, it's an industry, but it's still a baby industry. So I, I'm, ex- yeah. you know, like I'm excited for the industry. I'm excited that it's happening uh, and then I'm excited it's growing. And every time a state pops off, it's, you know, an opportunity for us to, to start spreading the message of normalization and how we approach it um, to a whole new crew of people. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I like to talk about uh, is dreams, like even with clients, like the power of visualizing. Dude, I, visualizing I smoke weed, dude. I haven't dreamed in years. <laughs> 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 well, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess. I guess my question is: uh, but take I mean, me through. We, we, day, we, through, we Hey, we daydream sometimes too. You sure, can dream with sure. your eyes open. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> So um, I guess I guess my question is just like uh, like you've accomplished so much already with the company and everything that you've done so far and are still doing today. So like what what would be your your dream for what you want to accomplish next? Yeah. So my selfish dream as an entrepreneur is to double the company. So this year we reached a headcount of thirteen. Um, we geez, tripled our output from last year with only two more people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, and we more than doubled our revenue, like way more than doubled our revenue. Uh, so the, the goal that's is amazing. to, congratulations. That's a thank you. Idea. Thank you. But that's the dream is like, I want it. Like I still have this chip on my shoulder where no matter the milestone, it's not, good it not that it's not good enough i recognize them and i'm proud of everything we do like straight up like i leave i leave the office every day and i'm like you know i'm an atheist but i'm like uh, thank you i'm not an atheist i i'm a nothingness but i like that i'm just like i'm super grateful like i just acknowledge my gratefulness um in being in the position i am which is still like this is a startup man it could still go either you know it could still go any way but I have that chip on my shoulder where like the milestone there's another my mi- I'm always aware of another milestone, right? Like mm-hmm. it can only be another milestone. So while I recognize, you know, those milestones, there's always going to be another one. So the other one right now is like, I just, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like, you know, the CEO duties of, of health, like health insurance. That was big for me this year. You know, I set that goal Mm -hmm. for, uh, at the beginning of 2022, this was, you know, in Vermont, you don't have to legally offer insurance to your employees until you have a 50 head, uh, you know, 50 person head count. We have Mm -hmm. 12, 13 people here, but it's in like validating the company as like a quote, real company. Like I'm, I'm trying to like, make that foundation as thick and strong as possible. So we're coming out of, of a really big growth year and uh, we're going to capitalize on it by adding some new people, hitting some new markets and continuing to, to put out some, some good work. I hope. Awesome. What's been your favorite project so far? Uh, let's see. What's been my favorite project so far. So I've got a couple. So um, one is big poppy's brand. So we, uh, David Ortiz of 
the Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox Hall of Fame baseball player. Um, you know, there's a bunch of celebrity brands in the industry right now, and we're going to see way more and more and more. And I have, you know, I have my I have my opinions on celebrity brands versus like legacy people coming into a, a, a rec market. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. Uh, but thank God for big poppy, you know, like as a, as a new Englander, like that was a cool project to work on. Nice. Conversely, like same exact thing, but the opposite, the legacy side of it, um, chem dog. So I'm a kid of the nineties. I like grew up on, you know, fish, you know, going on fish tour and, and mm. seeing music and live, uh, live concerts and the legend of this dude, chem dog. And this, you know, back then we called it kind bud, right? Like we we're children, but like this dude who he was just a ghost on the, on the, on fish lot. Like you, mm. you never would see him and he would only, he would like divvy, you would only sell you like a gram or two grams because everybody wanted it, you know, chem weed. Um, and we just launched his website, um, a couple weeks ago. And, and that was a cool, that was cool. So I got like both sides of the celebrity spectrum, like the actual, like hall of fame athletic celebrity. And then like mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the infamous celebrity almost. Yeah, so those yeah. have been really cool projects. The amount mm-hmm. of, um, so like not all of our clients come to us for creative or for web, you know, sometimes we do the whole kind of uh creative and digital ecosphere for a client but mm-hmm. not always so like poppy and and chem like we didn't do any creative for them just their their web so that was cool but on the creative side of things i don't have anything in particular because man we must have long, we must have built like 50 brands so far this year mm-hmm. but what i will say is I've mentioned that the state of Vermont, where we're at, is about to pop off in like two weeks from today, October 1st. Um, so this state is about to be, can, the, the mark of Canna planners is about to be all over the state because we've, you know, our fingerprint and creative uh, nice. touches on, you know, most of the dispensaries here in, in some capacity. So that's something that's just like an ego thing of being able to go to the dispensary where like I made the thing, you know, or my team made the yeah. thing, you know, I love that. But so. that's always, that's always a cool moment for a designer. Yeah. I remember like, you know, especially as a young designer, the first time that you see something that you designed out there being used by real people, you know, in yeah. the real world, totally and the reaction that you see, you know, when people come face to face with something that was designed for them. That doesn't go away. It's always a good, yeah, it's always a really cool. My place. wife and I were coming home from the beach last weekend, uh, the Jersey Shore, back up to Vermont, and we were on, you know, ninety one or whatever, uh, <laughs> going through Western Massachusetts, and they, they're like one of those big digital billboards is on the side of the road, and it's mm-hmm. changing, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm driving, so I'm not really paying attention, but my periphery sees in the digital billboard, like, a, it's, it's a a dispensary that we work with and created the brand. And I'm like, Oh, and my wife's in the past. She's like dozing off. I'm like, fuck Kate, Kate, you take a picture. Like I almost crashed a car. My wife's like, what the fuck? You know? So like that stuff doesn't get old and you'll go as far as to almost kill yourself and your wife and your two dogs to get a picture of the, <laughs> of the work you did. <laughs> Man. It sounds like you're doing some amazing work and, uh, it's Thank only going to keep getting better. You know, it's, it sounds like you're very ambitious and driving forward into the future with your company and your team. It yeah, like you have luck- an amazing team. So I'm yeah, luckily, the, uh, my ambition is matched by the um, 
you know, just the level of professionalism and, and creative output that my team is able mm -hmm. to accomplish. Like, I, I think that this thing wouldn't exist if there wasn't buy-in from the team, because we are overworked, dude. Mm -hmm. Like we are mm -hmm. overworked and we are all underpaid, you know, um, yeah. all of us, <laughs> you know, like, and that's mm -hmm. just the, a creative's journey is like, you know, some, you know, I don't know if you pay attention to Chris Doe uh, and kind of the future, but like, you know, he's always challenging creatives to reassess their value. And it's mm. always way more than they, than they think it is. Yeah. And that's true ourselves. when you're right. a company too, man, you're like, you know, my, I, I am not guilty of this. I will always be like, make sure that that estimate's correct. Like double check yeah. that. Are you sure? <laughs> like we've done something like this before and it was triple yeah. what you're saying, you know? So <laughs> there's a realism, like making sure that we're worth. Yeah. You got to know your worth, man. And, and like knowing your worth is actually the best, you know, going back to where we started, like that red flag, trusting your gut, knowing your worth to, to the penny is the best way to avoid client bullshit. Price mm -hmm. can act as a barrier in a good way. Yeah. Like if a client doesn't, uh, or a potential client, uh, you know, doesn't understand the value of, of creative work, which geez, man, like mm -hmm. even after all these years, we're still like, this is still part of our sales pitch is trying to iterate the, yeah, the, right. yeah, the long-term value of, of what we're building here. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a hard thing. So even now it's like, Oh wow. We're hitting crazy financial goals and we're still, <laughs> we still need to make sure we know what we're worth. <laughs> it never goes away. Yeah, it always starts with the reminder. The human ego so fragile. Yeah. So for all of our listeners that um want to learn more about what you're doing or keep up with some of your uh current projects, what where's the best uh way to get a hold of you or to follow your company? Yeah, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Canna Planners. We're on Facebook at 420 Web for some reason. Uh Canaplanners.com. Uh, you can find I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can find me there. Will Reed. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Will. I, I yeah, my pleasure, Mike. Appreciate the conversation and the absolutely honest, uh, the honesty is, is really, really hell yeah, dude. And somewhere. and best of luck to you on on your new podcasting venture. And I hope uh, you crush it in the future, bro. Thank you. Absolutely, I will. I'll keep you posted. You better. I'll hold you to it. You can download episodes of Design This Beyond the Die Line. Look for all of our episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to, show, to the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Until next time, always think beyond the die line. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. 
Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.